Hey, I'm Amy Chang, and I'm a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach, and this is Healthy AF. Here, we're going to bring to you all things health. You'll hear stories of people who have transformed their health, and in the meantime, transformed their lives. We'll answer those burning questions about the newest health strategies, and we'll tackle some common roadblocks that my clients bring to me all the time. Lastly, we're going to talk to some practitioners who will bring to you different modalities that they're passionate about and how you could benefit from using those. So buckle in. We're going to be inspired, instructed, and have a little fun with Healthy AF. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Healthy AF. I am so excited today. I'm here with Abby Adams. She's an estate attorney here in Wilmington with Cohut Adams and Randall. And we're here to talk about my most favorite, very passionate topic, healthcare power of attorneys. Do you know what they are? Do you know how they're used? How do you get one? Why do you need one? Um, how it affects your care in healthcare, how it affects your care provider's mental health, <laughs> and also your family's mental health. So welcome to Healthy AF, Abby Adams. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. As you mentioned, um, I'm an estate planning attorney here in Wilmington. I've been doing this for about seven years uh, when I started working with my law partner, Paula Kohut in Wilmington. And I just, I love it. Um, I'm originally from Michigan and I moved to North Carolina about 12 years ago um, because my husband got a job and uh, I was practicing with a just general civil firm for a few years. Um, what drew me to estate planning really is helping families. Mm. Um, my mom was actually a nurse and she, I grew up in a small town and she would get calls all the time at home from uh, neighbors and friends saying, Hey, this is going on. What, what does this mean? What is going to happen next? And I just really uh, envied or admired that she was able to help people through these issues and concerns with practical um, explanations and, and to, to calm them down. And so that's what I hope to do with my clients as well. I just, I really like, um, in, in general, we draft the same documents for most folks, a will, uh, the financial and healthcare powers of attorney, HIPAA authorizations, and living wills. But each family is so different. Uh, they all have their own dynamics and, and goals. And I just love um, kind of trying to solve that puzzle and help um, draft the documents so that they fit their needs. I love that. And I love that your mama was a nurse. And speaking as a nurse, yeah, we like to help people understand what's going on and calm the F down <laughs> because we need to do that. And, and honestly, like um, if you look at the nursing code of ethics right there at the top, number one, patient advocate, mm -hmm. and I can't advocate for you, you know, unless we're knowing all the information we need to know and also calm enough to process it. You know, so I love it, love it that your mama was that role model for you and that you're doing that in a different way. That's, that's stellar. That's pulling at my heart, heart cords already. So, okay, well, let's um, dive in with some simple extra um, questions. So, first of all, what's a healthcare power of attorney? 
A healthcare power of attorney is a document that allows individuals to appoint an individual who can serve as their healthcare agent in the event that they are not able to communicate their healthcare wishes. Um, and so it's a really important document. It's a pretty, um, it can be a simple form, just nominating an agent who can, who can act for you. Um, under the standard provisions, the healthcare power of attorney does not come into effect unless your healthcare provider does not think you can make your own decisions. And so it doesn't take away any rights from you when you sign it. It just really helps plan for the unfortunate instance when you're not able to make your own um, healthcare decisions, whether due to an accident, cognitive decline, um, and appoint someone. So let's, let's pop on that right there and get real specific for people. Because I think typically if I think healthcare power of attorney, or if I speak to someone about healthcare power of attorney, we think, oh, well, if I, you know, have a massive stroke and I'm a vegetable. And I mean, yeah, that would apply. But also what are some of the others like tiny, like maybe um, I'm under anesthesia. Exactly. Yep. Um, well, and like I said, you're, you've been in a car accident and you come in and, and you're just, you have a concussion or, you know, just a, it, can, it doesn't have to be a long-term inability to communicate your healthcare decisions. It can be a, an instance, um, you're, or you're, um, you're under anesthesia, you're having a minor surgery, um, or I don't know, sorry, I don't have much, but it can be just, a short, a short instance, um, or you've, you've lost capacity and you're not able to make those decisions for yourself any longer. Yeah. I love that because, you know, as a 50 year old, fairly fit, healthy woman, um, you know, things can happen. Exactly. And we represent a lot of families, a lot of individuals, and you just don't know. Um, you know, we have, old sick folks that pass away and we have young fit folks that, that have issues as well. And um, you just never know when you need these documents and the time when you need to think about and get these documents in place is now when there's not a crisis because at the time the crisis is happening, it's going to be a mess. And our goal, one of our main goal really is to prevent any fighting among family members, um, with staff or anyone, and to make sure that what you want is followed. And, and really, you got to plan ahead to get these documents in place so that you're ready when and if you need it. You know, it's almost like what I told my children about birth control. Um, <laughs> we need to talk about birth control before you're thinking about having sex. Because if yeah, you're thinking about having sex, we have missed, we have missed our window. Okay. Yes. And we're going to be having some sex before we have sealed the deal on the birth control. Yeah, so exactly. It really is. Um, uh, I heard another mom say to, uh, they, she was talking to students actually about sexually transmitted diseases and birth control and safe sex. And she was like, you know, it's like talking to your parents about college. You talk to your parents about college and what you want in your college experience long before you ever put in the applications. Yeah. And so it's kind of that thing. Like we need to be talking about our healthcare power of attorney, what we want done, who we want to have it done, making sure it's legal and rock solid and, you know, sharing about that long before we need to pull that document up 
and somebody needs to take over control for you. Exactly. And I think that it's important that you really think about who you should name as the healthcare power of attorney or as your healthcare agent. Um, and it should be someone who really understands what you want. Would you want to be kept on life support if you, you were brain dead? Would you want a feeding tube? Um, would you want to have a ventilator? All of these really tough questions that I, I know people don't want to think about because I don't want to think about them. But think about who would make that decision that you would want. And and if you wait until you're in a crisis, you may select the person who is closest to you at the time or, you know, who you've been hanging out with recently. And that may not be the best person. Um, I had mentioned before, Amy, I was talking with a colleague about her healthcare power of attorney. And she said that she named her brother as her agent because as opposed to her parents, because she knew her parents would really struggle making the decisions she wanted. And she'd been really mean to her brother growing up. And so she knew <laughs> that he would pull the plug and not have a problem. And that's obviously, um, I'm saying that as a joke, but, but that is, you want to pick someone who is familiar with you and, and will do what you want. And so it's also helpful, um, to have those conversations with your healthcare agent. Hey, this is what I would want, or this is what I would not want. And this is why I'm picking you. Yeah, I, for sure. There's like a boatload of like four podcasts we could do about, about who to pick and why to pick and how to communicate. And, and, um, and we'll get to that. I, I want to reiterate, uh, sometimes I'm not good at remembering that other people don't know what I'm talking about. So just to recap in this last 10 minutes, we've said that there's a document that you can get and it's a health yep. power attorney and it names someone else to take over your care decisions if and when your care providers deem that you cannot make those decisions for yourself at that moment, whether it's short term or long term. Correct. Absolutely. And the document can have... Um, a number of specificities on like, hey, I want a tube feeding. Hey, I want to be hydrated, but not fed. I want to have um, uh, a ventilator. I don't want a ventilator. Talk to me about if you met me at the diner and I said, yeah, I've been thinking about doing that healthcare power attorney for a while. I don't know. I know I need to get that done because how many times do you hear that? I hear yeah. it all the time. Right? Yeah. I need to get that done. Damn it. I went, you know, um, what would be the steps that people so, would have to do to make sure that it's done, it's legal, it's usable? What are those steps, Abby? Sure. Um, so there is a pretty standard form. There's a statutory form that you can find online. This The healthcare power of attorney is not a document that um, you need to see an attorney or have an attorney draft for you. It's something you can get online. You need to um, complete some of the questions and, and write your name. And then you need to collect three people, two witnesses. And those witnesses cannot be related to you, um, cannot be employed by your healthcare institution and, um, and a notary. And so you need all three of those people with you when you sign it. The witnesses need to sign it and it needs to be notarized all in the same um, 
setting. And then we recommend that you make a few copies. You give one to your healthcare providers. You give uh, maybe one to your healthcare agent. That's not required, but it may be helpful. Uh, And then you have some copies at home as well. So does this document not have to be recorded? It does not. No, right. The the North Carolina, I believe it's the Secretary of State, has an online um, database where you can upload it. Um, We that's I've never used it, and it's not something that we necessarily recommend um, because it. I think the idea is that then healthcare providers maybe can search that directory to see if you have a healthcare power of attorney Um, when you upload it you have a password. And what we find, we just try to make things foolproof. What we find is that clients may forget their password. They may update it, their healthcare power of attorney, but not remember to update it with the registry. Um, And so I just wanted to mention that registry is available, but it's not required. And it doesn't, the healthcare power of attorney doesn't, um, isn't recorded anywhere, unlike a financial power of attorney, which may be recorded with the registry of deeds at some point. Okay, fantastic. So I'm going to give that back to you. You can download it offline. So that whole barrier of I don't have the cash to go to an attorney is yep. not a barrier. You answer a few questions. You sign it with two witnesses who are not related to you, who do not work for your healthcare provider, um, and a notary. Yep. And then it's in the communicating. Correct. So let's talk about the communicating. Because that's my favorite part. Actually, can I, can I just tell a story right here right, right quick? I think you'll like this. So it'll lead us into communication. Okay. Um, communicating about healthcare power of attorneys and end-of-life care was super simple for my family. Okay. Um, I think that probably came from my daddy. My daddy was a Boy Scout. Okay. Be prepared. He was an Eagle Scout. <laughs> Okay, at order the arrow. I mean, he's it was a big thing in our family that daddy was an Eagle Scout. And one thing he was not prepared for was his mama having a stroke. So his mama had a stroke. They weren't like super extra close anyway, right? Um, so I don't know really how many conversations they had had about end of life care. And long story short, while she was in the hospital, she had a feeding tube through her nose which if you're a nurse or a healthcare practitioner, you'll know. But if for those of you who don't know, that's sort of like a temporary measure. We throw that down your nose. We feed you some food. Your body, you know, processes it. But on the long term, if you're going to be in the bed for six months recovering, we're going to pull that out and we're going to stick a tube directly through your skin into your stomach called a G-tube. And we're going to feed you that way. So it came time to make that decision. Daddy chose to put in a feeding tube through her stomach, and um, she never came back. She, for years, sat in a nursing home, you know, as sort of a vegetative state. But because we were feeding her body, um, she had the nutrition she needed to survive like that for years. Mm -hmm. And so my daddy had said the worst mistake he ever made was putting that feeding tube in his mama. So you fast forward, my daddy died in 2019 from dementia. He um, came to me in 2016, and I was, as the nurse of the family, I was, of course, the healthcare power of attorney. Um, little surprise, I was the um, 
financial power of attorney too. I did not know that, but lo and behold, that was the power of attorney that we found in the safe that had been recorded, even though he said it was going to be my brother. No, it was me. So yay, I got to wear two Double duty. Yeah. on that. And the difference that I had was daddy had spelled everything out. Mm-hmm. Daddy had spelled everything out and I had become a nurse and been with several families as they made decisions about their loved one's care. Um, and we'd had lots and lots of conversations about it and I knew exactly what he wanted. So when they would call me from the rest home and say, um, you know, he has fallen again. Do you want to take him for a CT scan? I would mute the phone and sob and unmute and be like, okay, I need to know his heart rate and his respiratory rate before we decide that. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't easy for me to make those decisions, right? But it was easy for me to understand and know and have confidence that daddy had conveyed to me Mm -hmm. what he wanted with his care. And all I had to do was follow what he decided. Right. Well, and like you said, it was hard enough for you knowing exactly what your daddy wanted and and uh, going through those steps. But if you've never had those conversations, similar to what your dad went through with his parents, mm. you know, it's a very stressful time. It's a horrible time. And there's lots of uncertainty. And you're you know, I I know you're thinking, well, I have to do whatever I can to save my family member. Um, And and that's why the more you can think about these things and talk about these things when there's not an emergency and not a crisis, um, and you can really think clearly, it's just so much more beneficial. Yeah, Um, it really is. And um, I found that one thing that was handy for our family, you know, daddy did put me in charge of his health because you know, I was sort of the clear choice as his daughter and as a, as a nurse. Um, but also, I mean, it was sort of standard conversation around the dinner table. (laughs) I mean, like, Hey, what do you want me to do? I just, I need to know. And it's funny enough, but, uh, my daddy, again, he was prepared. So he had his funeral plans somewhat like mapped out. Yes, but that's helpful too. Oh my God. I I tell everybody, like we made fun of him for years. Okay. I was saying (laughs) this in a, in a meeting the other day, we made fun of daddy for years because he was just that he took be prepared to the extreme, not like a, Mm -hmm. like a prepper, but I mean, he had cat litter in the trunk of his car and a shovel, you know, just in case you get you know, stuck anywhere before he let me get my license. I had to change a tire, change the oil and, um, Oh, jump start the battery. Like, you know, we were going to have things in place to make sure they were done properly. And with his funeral, he had listed, like, if Irene Statler can't sing um, on Eagle's Wings, ain't nobody singing it, right? (laughs) So, like, we made fun of him for years. But when he died, and I got to see him as he died, you know, it was okay. Because I knew exactly... I knew exactly what to do. So I've threatened my mother, like, dude, (laughs) you better write that stuff down because if you don't, I'm not making that up when I lose my only remaining parent. Right. 
We, um, we've had clients who have brought in detailed lists like that, including uh, the menu that they want served oh, wow. at the funeral luncheon. So some people um, are know exactly what they want and it's good. They should give us some guidance because no one else may know. Yeah. And when you really are dealing with the aftermath of losing a loved one, I'm just going to say everyone out there right now who's listening, who, who, uh, my sweet mama, right. She's like, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I should have it at that. I'm not sure. I'm like, lady, (laughs) don't put me through it. So from somebody who's been the healthcare power attorney, from somebody who's been on the other side of losing that loved one, like it is so helpful to know what they want and then communicate that. So the the second part I was going to say about the dinner table was what made it easy for me was that daddy had expressed what he wanted to several people, mm-hmm. mama, to my brother, to several of his you know, church buddies, like his social, his core. So when he was going through all those health issues and I was going through being his advocate, I didn't have to deal with anybody who felt blindsided because they had no idea that Davis didn't want to be, uh, have a feeding tube. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I do think your dad did it perfectly as, as far as letting everyone know what he wants one so that, you know, you knew most importantly as a healthcare agent, but also so that there wasn't any disputes among anyone else so that your brother didn't say, no, Amy, you're doing it all wrong. This is not at all what he would have wanted. You know, you didn't have any of that additional stress at an already awful time. One thing that we do talk with clients about, so the healthcare power of attorney, the, the general form starts out pretty broadly in that your healthcare agent can make any healthcare decision for you. Consent to treatment, testing, surgery, any of that, um, including end of life decisions. And then there's a lot of sections where you can um, place any special provisions or limitations on your healthcare agent. And so sometimes clients, like you mentioned, I don't want a feeding tube. I, I do want a feeding tube. I don't want radiation, whatnot. You can specify um, any of those terms. We do talk with clients, um, certainly if they have um, pers- deeply personal or religious beliefs that they want followed, we put them in, no question. But we do kind of caution against getting too specific in the healthcare power of attorney because we do want some flexibility in the event something comes up that we're not ready for. And I listened to a great speaker a few years ago um, who does a lot of research on healthcare powers of attorney across the country. And she said that Uh, One of the issues in being too specific, for example, has come up during the pandemic because one of the kind of common limitations would be for an individual to say, I don't want to be hooked up to a ventilator. Well, then during the pandemic with COVID, um, that was the one of the primary treatments and and it was a short term thing. and, And we think that if the individual knew that, then they would say, well, sure, do it for a little bit to get me back you know, on the road to recovery, but just not long-term. And so that's where I think to your point, having, having it in writing is helpful, but having the conversation so that the agent knows exactly what they want 
Um, but leaving a little bit of flexibility for unknown circumstances is really helpful. You know what uh, I just wonder too is, um, you know, if you choose someone to be your healthcare power attorney and you, you know, explain it to them, have the conversations, write everything down, but their views on healthcare and, um, and, you know, treatment are really very different from yours. That's going to be a hard road. And so I wonder what your thoughts are on, you know, picking someone, not only who you can trust to do what you have specified that you want, um, both by following the letter of the document, but also the spirit of the document and uh, the difference in picking that person and picking someone who you also trust, but it's just a little easier for them because they are on the same wavelength as you are when it comes to medical care. I, I think it is important to pick someone who understands what you want and is is going to follow that no problem at all. And so usually that is probably going to be someone who doesn't have completely opposite views as you. Um, and so ideally you have that person. Sometimes it's hard for clients to, or for individuals to find that person. Um, there are nonprofit organizations that, that will serve as healthcare power of attorney if, if you don't have anyone. Um, but ideally you would have someone, whether it's a sibling or, or a friend or, um, parent, some family member who can, um, who's comfortable, understands what you want and is comfortable and, and will get it done. Okay. I love that. Abby, thank you so much for, um, just coming and playing with me about healthcare power attorneys. They really are near and dear to my heart. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I love talking about them. I will say, um, that this is not a form you have to have an attorney prepare for you. Um, but we are, as attorneys, we see, uh, I think more fighting than, um, other people or other professions, maybe not as a, as a nurse during a, um, family crisis, but, Oh no, you want to be in the ICU with me, Ma? Oh, hell no. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, and, and I will say this too. Um, and Abby, I mentioned this to you when we talked before, but I think it bears repeating back in the day before um, gay marriage was legal, you know, you'd have a lady come in. I, I remember one patient we had and she was in liver failure and sort of chronic back and forth. And we were looking for transplant for her and she had a partner that had been her partner for, you know, 20 some odd years. And, um, the estranged daughter finally came. And when she did that partner who had been with her for 25 years had to go and it mm -hmm. sucked. And yeah. it was not what the patient would have wanted. And also, um, legally there was nothing that we could do. So if, whether you're, gay or straight, if you're not married and you have that partner that you want to make decisions for you, uh, that needs to be written down. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that's, 
If there is any sort of conflict within your family, or if you think that the healthcare power of attorney could be challenged in any way, um, it I do think it is helpful to meet with an attorney and have an attorney um, prepare the healthcare power of attorney for you, just because if uh, what what usually happens in those instances, take your example, even say your um, the partner or the individual, um, the hospitalized patient had a power of attorney naming the partner, the daughter could still come and say, well, she made her sign that that's not valid. She wasn't competent, whatever. It all kind of gets thrown in. And if an attorney has drafted the document, it's just a l- more evidence that this was done correctly. The individual was competent um, and to support the validity of the document. And so sometimes it's hard to tell if there's going to be any issues. But um, in some families, unfortunately, you see it coming a mile away. And I do think it's helpful to give have meet with an attorney and have an attorney prepare the documents Um in that instance, we, we had a similar situation that was just awful with a same sex couple and um, the family cremated the woman without the partner's knowledge or consent. And that's not what the individual would have wanted at all. And but then there's no way to undo that, Abby. Exactly. <laughs> well, this happened Saturday. They come to us Monday morning. Um, I think there may be some some claims there, but I don't, what are you going to get? You know, it's just, it's done. And those are just horrible situations. um, And you really got to be on top of things. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And I wanted to ask you if you could tell anybody anything about a healthcare power attorney that um, maybe you find that uh, the normal public just doesn't get or um, something that really sticks in your crawl, what would you tell them? Hmm. I think the biggest thing, like I've said, it is just, it's not groundbreaking, but just do it. Just stop talking about it and thinking about it and just do it. The other thing that comes up is that um, a lot of folks will say, okay, you know, I want a DNR. I want a most form. I want all of the things. Can you help me? And those documents are done with your healthcare provider attorneys, you know, those aren't and I don't think those are probably forms that you can find online. Um, but so the healthcare power of attorney is the only thing that you do without the physician and the living will and the HIPAA authorization. Um, and so, yeah. Okay. Well, good. Thank you so much. I, I love it that your mama was a nurse. Just had to throw that in one more time. I know. Um, so I'm going to put in the show notes um, where people can complete that form, you know, the downloadable yeah, let me You're find gonna- you one. Um, it's in the statute, but it's not like super printable. But there, there is, I'll, I'll get you one. Okay, great. So if you're listening and you're finally going like, well, I guess I really do need to do that. You know, remember that Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time now. Um, so we'll put, put in the show notes the link. We'll put in the show notes contact information for Abby. Because these are really things that you want to make sure you got rock solid and, and can feel good about. And uh, I guess that's it. That sounds great. That's it. All right. Financial, financial powers of attorney really cause all sorts of um, 
problems or are, are, are super, super beneficial and cause all sorts of problems without one. So, well, let's do part two. Yeah. Let's do part two on financial power attorney, because I will say too, I had some confusion. Okay. This will be the intro to part two. Um, when I was taking care of all of daddy's stuff, I really had some confusion over like mm-hmm. should I be the joint owner on the bank account or should I be the part, you know, like how do I need to structure all this? What's going to happen when he dies? Do I still have access to the money to pay for the rest home and the, you know, the, this, that, and the other, you know, um, there are a lot there are a lot of questions. Um, and a lot of times people are more heated up over Meemaw's money than they Ooh. are whether or not she's buried or burnt up. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, and usually those people who are real interested in Meemaw's money are also the one who are like, pull that plug, let's go. That's right. I, <laughs> I love that. Let's roll. She's dirt. Yep. I've already got plans of how I'm spending this. Yeah. It's like a tax refund. It's spent before it ever comes. I know it is, it's, but there's just been so much fraud with them and misuse and it's, it just um, is a mess. So, well, you know what people sometimes don't understand, like as a health coach, yeah, we talk finances because if you think your finances and your financial stress doesn't affect your health, you are smoking a crack pipe. So um, that would be a great, we would love to do that. Let's just do part two. Yeah, sounds great. Okay. All right. Well, Abby, have a great day. And everybody listening, thanks for being with us. Uh, Make sure you hit the show notes and grab what you need and get that healthcare power attorney. Talk to your family about it. Give it to your doctor. Give it to your healthcare power attorney chosen person. You might even want to hand, hand it out like lollipops on Halloween. Make sure everybody knows and you can take care of yourself. Y'all have a great week. 